I mean, when you first got here, you're, well, you're from here. No, I'm from Philly. That's right. Did you start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do uh welcome back to the about last night podcast. <laughs> you have a great laugh, by the way. Thank you, buddy. That's a dude. I mean, you, you, and you're generous with your, uh, with your laugh. Like you, you and Josh Wolf are two of my favorite people where I go, when you laugh at something or you, or someone makes you laugh, it's genuine, but you also, there's got to be something subconscious where you go, I know my laugh makes people feel good, so, I, but I, I never feel like you're laughing extra when you don't actually find something mildly amusing. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. No, I, I actually don't trust comics that don't laugh. Yeah. Because. Well, people that go, I don't, I don't like, yeah, people that do comedy but say like, I don't like to watch it or I don't like, I don't, I don't find a lot of stuff funny. No, but there are people that are just low key in their personality and yeah. be like, "That's a good set." You know <laughs> what I mean? After you might have had the set of yeah. your life, but show something. But like when, you know, like to me, I always use the barometer as Janine Garofalo. That was kind of our, she was our queen of the set when I was starting. She was blowing up, and you know, kind of I call her the creator of the alternative comedy movement, right? And she was just so intense on stage and hilarious, but dark but she would also laugh yeah like if you made her laugh she'd laugh and that says something so to me if she laughs everybody should laugh so when you were getting going into stand-up she was kind of the she was the funny she's so funny uh very am i allowed to say this she's very pretty yep but never played to that and just very funny always was about her mind and her jokes but also i you know i thought she was very Pretty, if I'm allowed to say that. But, what the fuck? Of course you can. <laughs> yeah, I know, but she never played to that. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to compliment and, your sweatshirt, but I was trepidatious <laughs> about that. I was like, are people going to think that I'm coming on to you? Get, get there. Go for it. <laughs> it's a great sweatshirt. Thank you. But, yeah, so I, I just use her as an example of somebody who I think is really funny, but yet laughs. So, yes, everybody should laugh. If something makes me laugh, I fucking laugh. Uh, what, does, what does make you laugh to the point of, like, where it hurts or where you cry. Have you had that moment in the last year? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I get, I laugh at reality. I think I like to watch human foibles. <laughs> Can I, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's like, I I like, I'm the OG of like watching YouTube videos of like people falling and that type of stuff. But like, I think the uncomfortability of the human condition and yet them trying to right the ship mm. is hilarious. To yes. Me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like to me, reality is the funniest stuff. Well, cause nobody's immune to the flaws and imperfections of life. Yes. Even Oprah has probably tripped on a sidewalk and farted as she went down. Yeah. 
No, but it's like hopefully. Yeah, you hope so. But it's like, <laughs> and I love. I'm I kind of love funny goofy shit too. Like I love deep shit, but the deep shit makes me think and laugh. But the funny goofy shit will make me laugh. How so? Like deep shit, as in, like if you get into a, a discussion about like aliens being down here. And taking oh, over. Oh, like a, watching a comic that goes very deep. Oh, yeah. It'll give me a thought, and I'll also have a deep reaction. I'll have a laugh, but I'll have like a, I'll be in school. Mm. You know what I mean? And then there's other comics that will just make me laugh, but I didn't really go to school, but I'm just crying laughing. Do you like to watch other, com- do you like to watch? Do you like mm. other, uh, do, you, do you get inspired from that? I know some comics don't, because they, I even heard, <laughs> I read an article once, uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, who I know they're now actively trying to replace. Um, if you're listening, kids. Uh, but uh, he used to say he didn't want to, I just found this interesting, listen to any other music or go watch other bands because he didn't want to be influenced by anything, which I'm like, everyone's influenced by something, right? Mm. And I feel like you can't even achieve a certain level of, like even fucking Kobe was watching Jordan and like, you know, uh, Eddie watching, right? Like, you, yeah. everyone comes from, it's, it's inevitable. I mean, hopefully our li- a life influences us and then we make it funny. But yeah, of course I'm going to watch some comics. I mean, yeah. and I, if someone's having a killer set, I'm going to fucking love it. You, you do enjoy, you allow yourself to enjoy being yeah. a part of the. A, I haven't done it in a while, but there'll be a time I'll just, when I'm like, go on early at a club and I'll just sit in the back and watch a few. Because it's just fun. Do uh, who did you come up on when? Who was your like, I guess class when you got going? Uh, who did I in Philly? Who did I watch or who Both. did I come? Um, well, for me, uh, my watching was Eddie. That was like my number one. Me too. Totally, because we're yeah, we have this we're characters cut, act outs. Yeah, we're cut from the same cloth. We really are. Which is, I'm gonna go back to that what you just said, but there's like sub conversations yeah. here. We could probably talk for eight hours. We but can. I did a show recently down the street at a spot. Well, about a year ago. Yeah. A bunch of newer comics, mm. and I was like, you know how they do those, and then you'll put like, you know, it'll put, give us a yeah. little spot, a name or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, man, that was a great set, and it was like a smaller room, yeah. but it was pretty packed. But you know, it was like kind of cool for school. And he was like, you, you, that was like old school. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, he just went for it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're acting out, you're doing voices, you're, you're like not scared to go big. I go. Yeah, that's called comedy. <laughs> like, and he was like, no, he's like, I, I liked it. Like, he was a sweet guy. He was a newer guy. Yeah. But he was like, he's considered going big and going large. Taking chances. As and old school. Performing. And I, and I thought, yeah, that's like. Wow, dude. That's what, but that's what I like. I That's what you, you are from the same class as me. You know what I mean? I met you because of a funny video. Yes. And then you probably. You know, as Eddie raised me, I'm not saying I raised you, but I might have had a little. Bro, lot uh, Jamie uh, Kennedy experiment, uh, experience, experiment, uh, experiment. You it the first time. Um, thank you for being. I'm a, a second guesser, by the way. Thank you for being a fan. Huge experience. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> either either title would have worked. <laughs> Dude, no lie. My one of my early jokes was the truth. The lady came up to me. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. She lives in my building, and she goes, "I love your show." The Jamie Kennedy excrement. That's not a joke. That really. Wow. Excrement. Come on. Now, did she do that? Was she trying to make a dig at you, or did she no, truly just fuck she up was the title? From uh, she, I believe she was Japanese. And oh, that wasn't Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you do do accents. Yes. You were that show, um, dude. It was you did 
and I was just telling uh, my fiance about it last night because she's also a big fan. And uh, thank you. She goes, uh, but she's younger, and so she didn't come up on it. And I described to her what the show was, and she goes, "That sounds fucking brilliant." And I go, "It was." So what you wanted it, what you are hoping it, it was, it was. Out of everything you've done, which you've gotten to put your, uh, uh, you know, you've been able to use your weapons in like every facet of the business, which is fucking cool, man. You know, movies, TV, stand-up, podcast, like everything, characters, your play, be yourself, documentaries, like, and still doing it, dude. And and we were just talking about this last night, my my buddy and I. And, uh, and how dope it is. And there's a lot of questions coming your way. But the Jamie Kennedy experiment, where does that like live for you in the timeline of cool shit? Dude, I'm going to answer that. Wait, can I grab my coffee? Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect moment. Yeah. I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. By the way, another just porn analogy. This is like the money shot's about to happen. And the guy <laughs> goes, my mom just texted me. I got to hit her back. She said she's got big news. Do you mind? <laughs> and they're like, dude, just fucking come real quick. It's my mom. Bro, the greatest you said was I'm in the corner. Oh, yeah. And you're like, can I just come really quick? Oh, yeah. Before we started the pod, I was about to say something, and Jimmy goes, save it. And I was like, yeah, I was like the guy in the porn suit about to come in the corner before they start taping. You don't have a stick, do you? Fuck it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Here's the deal. I'm going to try to go. Nice, dude. I got a pen, he said. And that wasn't a joke. Yeah. I'll use him. Uh, I'm going to try to go, because my answer is I go deep to try to give you all the back. Bro, you just talk. Here's what I would say. You know, I look at you, we're a lot alike. You know what I mean? You're a funny guy. You do a lot of characters. You do impressions. But you don't really make a meal of it. You know, I don't consider, I consider you a guy that does many things. There's some people that just do impressions or just doing characters or just do comedy. You do it all. You're like, hey, let me use these different skills. Yeah. So, and I, I really believe that we're a lot alike. And so you can relate. So I was starting to get acting jobs like you did, you know, how you started. And I was always doing comedy. I got a lot of, I was, I broke in, it took me a while, but once I did, it started happening, because, you know, it's different then, bro, think about it, like, there's yeah. so many, you know, I say, am I allowed to say this, like, there's good looking people today in the circuit, women and men, Yeah. and there's a lot, and you see them all, Yeah. you know who was the good looking young ingenue in the circuit when I started? Who? Me. Uh, <laughs> you were like I'm serious like the cute <laughs> no I mean like there wasn't a ton of young gotcha. comedy was a freak show bro and it was okay, an archetype gotcha. it was like oh there's an angry black dude there's the lesbian in the vest there's the fat there's, guy yeah a hundred percent you know what I mean and so I was like oh let me I like comedy and people always say I'm weird so I should do it and that was like I was like the goofy young kind of fun guy you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, yeah and so but now there's and no one, there was no social media, so you didn't see a billion people. Right. And so, long story boring is, it was a minute, but then I started breaking in. I started doing good. And then movies got to the point where I can only play the best friend another five times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was getting the sidekick role, and then I was trying to get my own movie going. And there's an amazing producer by the name of Robert Simons, and he's broken a lot of huge comic stars. 
and you would go once you got enough parts in movies you went to robert simons so he did i believe he did billy madison oh wow he did half baked he gave a lot of young comics that first thing so i was talking with him about to get a movie and it was just in you know development uh it was in development hell so at the same time tv was coming and my agent's like you got to go to tv so they knew they followed my stand-up stuff after many you know months and a year and a half of developing the jimmy can experiment was born and it was probably my i don't know it's top top it's definitely top five it's gonna be more than that yeah because it was my baby yes it was like what i was doing so it was super it was one of the it was dude i could cry talking about it and i haven't there's 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 nothing that's been done like it you know there's there's people there's obviously so many iterations of of prank type stuff but not like somebody that you didn't have somebody it wasn't that was prank right but i mean like people say it is you will get it more than most it really was I guess that's what to I, test yeah. the people's limits and yes. we only did it see dude you're okay Com- comics you and i are like this do we really want to be funny like when you're up there and you're doing a joke you're fucking being funny but you really kind of want to just smack people with reality i love your passenger shaming i love all that <laughs> stuff because you're like say stuff but what do you have to do you code it so they'll get it but right. really you just want to go hard yeah, and that's the experiment was like let's be funny, but really let's test it, and then we made it funny on top of it. Yeah, have you always had this love to play characters and to like just be in disguise? Do you, is there? I don't know if it. Uh, you know, for me too, it's almost like I feel like there's a point where I didn't. I wanted to do that so much, and I could tell that it was probably it was when I was probably three five years into stand up. So there was probably some nervousness about truly and uh about finding out who i was on stage and i was like it'll be easier if i just play characters then i was also putting off having to really find a voice and point of view on stage you know what i'm saying because i was probably not finding it and and being um you know uh impatient with that so i was like well, let me just do characters because then i can hide behind that and don't have to eventually find who i am and live with that because for better or for worse but that's okay totally. to use you could use characters I don't think that's your well. I understand what you're saying, uh, but a true you don't have to just be the voice of like honesty all the time as a comic. You can be just entertaining. Yeah. If you wanted to do that until you die. Yeah. But to me, I think it's good if you have that skill set. Then you can tell stories and stuff and use those act outs to help sell your point. Right. But I just I wasn't like dude. I probably could have ended up in radio. Like the only reason I'm not is because of a narcissist. Like <laughs> I'm. Like I would do voices in school, and it just starts with like imitating the teacher, imitating the nuns, and then people dating the nuns, imitating them, but gotcha. close. Yeah, but you know, there's one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you get a laugh, and then you're like, oh, I'm reassured, and it's like either you you can dunk a basketball, or you can fight, or and if you're not doing those two things, you better be funny. Yeah. Right. So I what, the latter was for me. Were there a lot of funny kids in your school, or did you? You kind of separate yourself from the pack pretty – I think there's a lot of – at a certain grade, like maybe second, third grade, there's, a, I think, more kids that are kind of not even, you know, uh, knowingly dabbling in comedy, but just a little more confident with saying things or making jabs or doing a little jo- – or at recess saying things. And then as you get older, people kind of just, I guess, as you do in any profession, start to 
you know, go, oh, man, like I don't want to maybe speak up and say that funny thing that I thought of because I'll get in trouble. But then, you know, you and I were like, fuck it. The laugh is worth yes being put outside for the rest of the day. Yeah, the laugh is everything. The laugh is everything. And I, th- I remember making my whole class laugh with a teacher named Mr. Berger. This guy was 6'4", 260, circumcised. <laughs> no, in, I, don't know, I don't remember how tall he was, but he, uh, Burger. but yeah, was uh, R.I.P. But he was an intimidating fuck, mm-hmm. and he put me in the hallway numerous times for fucking. I mean, this is a guy I would put a whoopee cushion on April Fool's on his chair before he came in with the whole class watching me. Fake ice cube with the fly in it in his coffee. You really went to Spencer's gum. Gifts. You really did the whole Dude. thing. Wow. Yeah, t- had my mom take me there. Went to down to Pike's Market to the joke shop to get a few things. I was like, I gotta, and a because I thought it was funny, but b I wanted to, I wanted to make the class laugh. And I was like, and I know, and I was, and it was a thing too where I told people the day before. I was like, I'm gonna get this stuff tonight, and I'm gonna bring it tomorrow. And we're gonna, and it wasn't like Devin. It was just like I, I, I couldn't wait to see talking to kids and seeing them go, Oh my god, I can't believe you're gonna fucking do that. And then doing it, and then him out, and then going up. It was like a mini heist movie where it was like planting it, and somebody was watching the door, being like, "He's coming back from the bathroom." You know, he didn't wipe. Hurry up, you know. And um, was it public school or private? Oh, public, baby. Yeah. Okay. Public school, and he fucking sat on the whoopee cushion, perfect fart to where it was almost a queef, and that's how you know you got the ideal whoopee sit. Wow. And it and it went off. Everyone laughed. The crowd went crazy. Went bonkers dude wow i don't think to this day i've gotten a bigger response wow <laughs> what <laughs> year was this oh dude fourth grade 93 wow. fourth grade. 93 wow peak of my fat kidness yeah wow. just went for it dude and uh put out in the hall he knew immediately it was me too because again this so is why went, i was zip, yeah ray zip, out bam fucking and you went rest of the day in had the to, hall. Had to Bart Simpson write in a book, I will not distract Mr. Berger. And, uh, That's early I mean, it balls. Was, yeah. You're 9 you or fuck 10. Around. Yeah. That was early balls. But I, but it wasn't wow. like every day. I was selective with it. Like probably maybe a month later did I you know, get the, the balls to, to throw another dart. But, but that's a once a monther. Yeah. You were doing gigs once a month. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, dude. I guess it is, yeah. Wow. But did you have that uh, as a kid? Were there other kids that you teamed up with to do to, that? You that you could bounce shit off of to at least to start finding the funny. My whole crew is funny. Like awesome. Philly was very much like that. You know, Jackie Gleason has a great book. I forget the name of it. It's been a minute since I read it, but mm. you should. It's mandatory for anybody, and it basically says there wasn't an unfunny kid in Brooklyn. And I agree with that. Like, you know, everyone just says East Coast, yeah. all this stuff. But there's just a lot of funny people. You know, dude, I'm just going to be real with you. Some died. You know, some went to jail. And some became successful. You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't like I grew up in a hard part of Philly, but I grew up right in the suburb, right on the edge of the city. So I could always go to the city, experience the city, and then come back to some safety of the suburbs. Right. But there was just a lot of funny people. But there's naturally funny and then there's people that cultivate it. And then when you leave and you say, I'm going to do this, they're like, you're not fucking better than me. Fuck you, dude. Like, that's oh, like that. that. Well, yeah. there's that. But it's like, but there's naturally funny people. And I actually had a teacher in high school who was a comedian. So it's like what we would see now as like he's teach, he's substituting to be a comic. You know, a lot of comics do that. Yeah. 
that to, he was a superstar to me. Oh name, my Mr. Uh, Mr. Doherty, I believe, and it was in the, like '85, and he was uh, played about three times a week at a place called the Comedy Factory Outlet in Philly. And he would come in, and he would do Donald Duck and Jack Nicholson impressions, and I was like, "This is in like, class." He would do it at at the end of class. He would like do shows for us, and he would murder. And I'm like, "How do you do that?" And he's like, "Well, I'm not doing it. I'm here with you clowns, but I'm trying." <laughs> yeah, you think and this so, is what I want to do? Yeah. So it was weird to actually see. Now he didn't know anyone famous or but that was before Helium. That was the spot in Philly. Was that your first taste or connection to someone being in the business? Yes, and and rate and well, three things: radio, like there was some kind of radio contest my sister did, and I got to say something, and mm. it got a laugh. Uh, when the Sixers won the championship, Andrew Tony, I don't know if you remember, in '83, he gave me a ball. It was 69th Street. There was a huge thing. I shot a huge three pointer, and it went in, and people were like ah, and it was crazy. And then him. And so I always thought, oh, I'll do radio. So he said, how do you want to do it? And I said, well, I want to, like, do whatever, be funny. And so he said, I get a tape recorder and start doing any voice that comes to your head. And this was a beautiful lesson. Yeah. And all I did was record into that. And I would play it back, and I would say, that doesn't sound like me. So I said, that's kind of interesting. So then I thought, maybe I could, like, figure out radio. I had no idea about it. It's just foreign. Yeah. And then... I was just always like, I want to be on camera. Like, to me, Van Halen, I love Eddie Van Halen, but it's all about David Lee Roth. To me, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's I, I love rap, and it's it was all about being in front of it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about being the DJ. So, to me, it was always about being on camera. Uh, That, dude, that's... uh. What a what a fortunate thing to have. Yeah, it wasn't and, like a regular. He wasn't like a uh, a mentor though, but he was just enough of an angel. Yes, if that makes sense. Well, also at at a uh, you know most people who even I guess kids that grow up in Los Angeles might not have a direct link to somebody in the business. They might have a you know a mom that's like you know I used to fuck Danny DeVito and like I could probably reach <laughs> out to him and see if he could get you an agent. You know, or 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 I, you know, I went to high school with this person because they're also in L.A. Or I took an improv class. Wait, let me see if I still can reach out to, you know, so and so. But like, I, it's more people than not, like you and I, that are just removed from this and don't have those uh, those family ties. Well, being, doing something here in L.A. as a child. There's a lot of people that do it as a side job, like yeah. getting the commercials and stuff. Oh yeah. So that's not. It's not weird. And there's a lot of people that are known, like you grew up in Brentwood and you know so-and-so is a producer. Right. So coming from the outside is a totally different thing. But now it's totally different because you can get popularity in your in your bedroom in Michigan. Do you enjoy that part of it now, being in the business from, and stop me if this sounds like a morning radio question of just like, things have obviously changed, Jamie. Social media now, it's a, Twitter wasn't around when you started. Was it? But But seriously, like... You've and that's why my buddy and I were celebrating you last night of just the oh, of 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 just not just being in it, but still, you know, what I'm saying like being able to tour and to go up and to, and and that you're actively uh, the passion is still behind everything you're doing, which is very cool. So because and, you know, you're indirectly uh inspiring influencing i mean for sure me because i go oh fuck dude cool like i feel like i'm you know i, I mean 15 years since college but just kind of still you know coming up and not ever wanting to not do it 
and uh and you're just you know proof that like you fucking you don't you like you 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 maintain being a good person and and be funny and and be sharp and like yeah man like you can do it for do it for as long as you want yeah right yeah totally um wait i lost the question yeah <laughs> wait it was, was it was do i love doing it still no it was um who touched you no um uh what what was i asking you bro when in doubt i go into dr <laughs> phil and try uh, to... i love it. no it's Oh, the um, the uh, n- now versus uh, back then when you started. Does oh, it, there's two questions. Because I know Do I pe- like doing it and now then. I guess I gave you that big compliment because I know comics. You, of course, I know comics that when things first started, they really were like these guys that I looked up to uh, that had been doing it 20 years when I was in about three years that that started to get to know them around the the clubs and and when like YouTube. And then podcasts and even Instagram, they're like, fuck, I got to, used to be a day where you could just be funny was enough. Now I got to have a YouTube, I got to get a pot, I got to, and they were complaining about it. And slowly I'd see a few of them start to kind of, you know, attack some of those uh, other avenues, but not fully and not in a way where I was like, they are enjoying it. They're like, I got to do this now. How come I can't just be, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, And didn't evolve, I guess, with the times. So here, I'm going to try to answer it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. No, because that was a lot. There was a lot there. Yeah. It's so different now, and I absolutely love it. Like, because you can be the master of your own domain. There are people that you that don't get any mainstream love that are humongous. Mm. And then there are people that only get mainstream love and do well, but people that may have not, may be bigger. And then there are people that play at both. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Hart is a great example of someone that uses the mainstream and then, but also was coming up when social media was breaking and worked both. Right. I think it was a perfect yes. example. And so for me, I love it. I love being able to put what I want, where I want, when I want. The issue is, is what are we doing? So for me, you want to get blessed, and you still want to do Conan. You still want to get a Tonight Show just because you want to be blessed yeah. by the industry. Yes. But more and more people aren't caring about it. But for me, it was how I was raised, so you do. It doesn't mean you're going to sell out, you know, Harpoon Harry's, which I will be at next week, third and fourth. Hell yeah. Panama City. Ever Hell heard yeah. of it? Literally Harpoon Harry's. Awesome. Uh, so... Like, can we get more comedy clubs like Magoobies and Harpoon that Harry's? That's the greatest name. That's fucking awesome. The greatest name, Harpoon Harry's baby in Panama City. Is it owned by a couple of Harrys? I, 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 it better be. It better be a Harry and a Larry. This is your first time. First time. Great. So, I love it. The question is, the confusion or is the word conflation of good and clout? Gotcha. So for me. It's such a many feathered bird, dude. But like, before all that stuff, I saw your video with Kermit. The two girls, one cup reaction. Video. You did a two girls, <laughs> one cup reaction video, not the real thing. I didn't direct the real thing, although with everybody, you've got to know about this. They must talk about this with with Kermit. You sound like Jay Leno. Yeah, everyone's yeah, got to yeah, heard yeah. about it, right? <laughs> dude, two girls, one cup. Yeah. So it was in. I had a big computer. I lived down the street behind the factory. I had my house, my first house, 
and me and my buddy, I think <laughs> Stu was there, and we would watch it on the, and I would cry. <laughs> cry, bro. <laughs> Fucking, he had two girls, one cup, but he, you did it with Muppets. You had yeah. Kermit, and then Kermit. And Rolf the dog, And yeah. Kermit was looking at it, and he was just slow, slowly just destroyed Kermit. And just your hand and Kermit and his soul <laughs> left his body. I, it was and then huge. pulled out some lubricant. Yes, I was. Yes, he slowly pulled it out, and then he still couldn't resist jerking to it. It was brilliant, and I I I watched it a ton of times. It was huge on MySpace. I don't know if you know that. It, and my no. whole crew, we passed this whole thing around, right? But it would buffer. It would take forever. Humongous, right? So that's how I got to know. I knew nothing about you, right? Well, I was a year out of college. Exactly. So that wouldn't have happened in the 80s. No. I couldn't have did that, and Eddie Murphy couldn't have saw that and go, I love this video, right? So that's the brilliance of where we're at now. Yeah. You can reach me, and there's, and I can, and we can talk. And then Oh, you I, messaged me on, I think, on YouTube, which yeah. you had the option, which I didn't even know was a thing until I just randomly saw a, a notification for a message, and I was like, message and i was like oh i don't even know you could communicate through this thing like yes that. and then when i saw it from you and it was just uh raw enough of a of a of a couple sentences where i was like i don't think this is spam and i fucking couldn't believe it Whoa. could not fucking believe it and then so so much so that i went out of my way to get on a comedy juice show i think in irvine that you were on or maybe you were just headlining and i went down there just so i could fucking like say what up and meet you live, and then yes, did, you and did. Then, yeah, and we talked, yeah. and then eventually, you know, I would see you. Yeah. We eventually started, you know, yeah. getting the number. I, had, I was maybe a year in at that point. Yeah, when I met you, so that's yeah. It was incredible, but dude, it was so fucking funny. So this was here. You are. You're a young college kid. You get out. You put something on this social media thing. Well, YouTube had just popped, so it was like, boom. Trying to just start to decide for yourself, like, I guess I need to try to use this and. And it took a beat, definitely, to go, all right, am I going to start putting stuff up and basically telling people, like, hey, look at, right? Because there's definitely that uh, battle where you're like, I'm going to put stuff up, I'm going to send it to friends back home, and start asking, I guess, for just immediate feedback on stuff that I think is funny. That they might... Yes. They, and there's, I'm running the risk of them being like, bro, this sucks. What are you... Are you still down there? That's a whole other thing about worrying about your friends. Yeah. But what Can't. I'm saying is to answer your question yeah. is that was you were able to to have people see it that you might want to see it, right? right. You, right. Maybe it was you didn't know I was going to watch it. Anyway, that's the beauty of where we're at. Yes. And the beauty of that is I don't give a fuck if I play 200 people a night. If I can sell those tickets or 100 night if they're premium and they come out because they like my pod or like that. It's beautiful because we are in control. Yeah, we are in control. As long as we don't kick, get kicked off the platforms, it's good. Yeah. The bad thing is, is that everybody in the office thinks they're great. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So there's a lot of difference between what I think is funny and what is clout, and that goes across many spectrums of what are, are you a chef or are you trying to get a clout? Are you, are you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's there's a lot of stuff to weed through. I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, you agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot of. <laughs> I mean, there's things that just pop up where you go, God, that's. I mean, dude, but you kids done. I haven't talked about it yet. Steph Curry and his wife have a show on HBO Max called About Last Night. 
hey, Steph, hey, anyone involved with the show, I know you Googled, is this title taken? And I know this shit popped up because we've got 500 plus motherfucking episodes. Didn't even offer me a free jersey or Warriors tickets <laughs> or a fucking Wait. or a text oh, no, or anything. That's one of the goats. Take it down. Take it down. I know. Down. I, know. Jesus but I, but I know. The least Wait. you can do. Hey, man. Wow. I also don't have a team. The Sonics left in 2007, 2008. Maybe look that up. Maybe wow. see that I'm from Seattle. Maybe know that I don't have a team and have an extra level of compassion and empathy and be like, we're going to take this guy's team and I'm going to take his title. Wow. It's a lot. Your team and your title. Hold on a second. <laughs> so is it? You is, sound like a therapist who did not care for this session. <laughs> wow. They took your title and your team. We're at 55. And... <laughs> parking so hold on yeah dude you you about last night well to, to be fair they just gave him a show to be fair that was a rob lowe movie in the 80s was it really i think so think so was it you think so jamie can you get on that how uh, many rob lowe's i think so's are there <laughs> how many people are out there right now going i think rob, rob lowe, lowe. Yeah. How many? Uh, how many? I think Rob Lowe. I think it's all Rob Lowe at Starbucks. I yeah, think... <laughs> I think it was him. Wait. Oh, oh confirmed. But, but but that's okay. So what is theirs about? I mean, come it's on. It's basically you just should be his friend. He's I would love a to. Legend. He's. I just had this discussion. Wow, with you went. You got a little heated right there. First time I. No. First Did you time I, it right now. First time. First time. Okay. Live on there air. it is. I'm so lucky. Here it is. Wow. So for, you're not gonna edit that? No. Wow. Keep it in, baby. In fact, wow. I'm posting the clip Chili. and I'm tagging them. Chili was hot. Today's episode of the About Last Night podcast is brought to you by Rothy's. Huh? Well, let me tell you about it. First of all, if you wear shoes, this is the ad for you. Say goodbye to the break-in period you usually have to go through with shoes. It sucks. We've all had to deal with it. You're trying to get that right fit. You're like, do I have weird feet? Is it the shoe? It's probably you. Rothy's soft, flexible material is combined with wildly comfortable insoles that make them seriously one of the most wearable shoes you can own. Not to mention, they're designed to be incredibly versatile, which means you can rock them with a suit or a pair of sweats everything in between, maybe even just a shirt and no pants. And if dirty sneakers are your greatest pet peeve, rest easy because Rothy shoes are 100% machine washable thanks to their sustainably made material. So you never have to worry about dirtying them up. That's my biggest problem is getting dirty shoes and not ever having time to clean them. They're also knit with 100% recycled materials. Even the sneaker laces are made from plastic water bottles, so you're environmentally helping out. No wonder Rothy's best-selling men's shoe gets a five-star review from almost every customer. To top it all off, the driving loafer was just named one of the time's best inventions of 2021 in the style category. These guys are killing it. It's called the ideal shoe for the late pandemic era. So if you're still feeling skeptical about your shoes being made from recycled plastic, try this on for size. Rothy's is doing something special right now. They're giving us a chance to share with you guys uh, a very cool opportunity uh, that's just happening right now for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash about. R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash about. Head to rothys.com slash about to snag a pair of men's or women's shoes for yourself or someone else or a lo lover or an enemy or an ex-lover. That's rothys.com slash about. R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash about. I say it in jest. I mean. No, you did. I didn't. You I were, meant it. You're right. You were sidecourt. You were there. You were screaming when he's about to launch a three from half court if, and make it. You were that guy screaming. If, I, if that rant went on 
two more minutes, I would have gotten into some shit about my dad and stepmom. You know, it yeah. would have gotten very real. I think we might have got viral off of that, though. So I look the show. I get it, man. Athletes. Is that get, what it's about? No, it's basically Steph and his wife. And this is, I guess, another, I guess, issue I kind of have with us forcing some of these athletes. Not everyone's Charles Barkley. There's a lot of people. You that open are, up a lot of cans of worms on this. We got to finish <laughs> each one. But go ahead. I love where you're going. Sorry, man. I'm, it's Tangent City and I'm the mayor. Cool. But I. But there's the show is Steph and his wife. And look, Steph, I've seen him in interviews and stuff. And yeah, he's got a cool smile and he's charismatic to a point. Uh, so him and his wife host a show where they bring on other couples, celebrity couples. Bobby Lee and Kalila uh, uh, were on an episode Nobody really knows each other. They're all meeting for the first time, and then they play almost like the dating game where it's get to know you. Like, we asked each other, like, do you, how well do you know the couple? But they're all sitting around in a set where it's like a house party, and there's a, there's a bartender. If you guys want drinks, it's, it's very produced and not I, – I, I felt uncomfortable watching it. And Sounds like a key party. Yeah, to for you know sure. What I'm yes. Like, yeah. and, uh, and it just was forced and not organic and not fun, and I go, oh, they gave them this show – because of who they are, and I guess that uh, I I get I don't have to like it, but I go, uh, man, it's if this was if you're gonna have comedians on, which they did, and, and and most of the couples were were it was supposed to be funny, but then your hosts aren't comedy people, so that's I guess where I'm confused. If you want to give Steph Curry a show, fine, but like I don't know, fucking. So you just are you're. I really, guess I'm pissed they took my title. Yeah, you're. you're and I got no compensation. You're really, me- you're really messing up your future bookings, basically. <laughs> you really. No, no. This what? is how you get them. <laughs> Steph, come on the pod. You might have heard of it about last night, and uh, come on the pod and let's hash it out, brother. Wow. So it's like a lifestyle show, fun. Not even lifestyle. Key it's party. just like a. Key, what's a key party? You don't by know the what way. a key party is. You didn't know. You just you, you co-signed that. Well, Dude. I. No, here's here. Do you know? He's got to know. Here's why I co-signed it. He I, knows. Well, it's, He's younger than you. What is it, a sex party? Oh, Kind of. Great. That's you, what I thought. In the bowl, everyone puts the key in the bowl, right? And whoever pulls the key, that's who you're with that night. It was big in the 70s. Holy shit. Yeah, All right, dude. so a sex party. I would party. think that would be a big in the Pacific Northwest. No, we were just hopped up on fucking Sean Kemp and Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I got you. So <laughs> you put it in the bowl, and I might pull it out. I might pull out someone, yeah. Now is, you have to leave. Guy or gal, is it? No, well, hopefully, I mean, whatever you're into, but hopefully for me it would be. You know, now. Female, but. And then you go. You might have to. Wait, a car key or a house key? key? No, so it's a car key, and so there's like four couples. You pull the other one out, and then you hopefully you're like with like Dave and accounting's wife, and you're like, oop. Got your key. So everyone's bringing their significant yeah. others? Yes, and it's like, got your key. And those were the rules in the 70s. Got your key, no Uber, you got to get in the car. And that's how it was. Whoa. Yeah, that's how it was. I was I was eight, so I wasn't involved. But. You probably have stories for days that will never see the light of day. Dude, I, it, I, it's so, I love that you said that because yes. <laughs> yes. I'm the last. I love that you said that because, yeah, man, I do. I'm the last of that. Actually. Of that I, era. Yeah, bro. And in fact, a woman who's been opening for me sometimes, Sandy Gelfound, beautiful, hilarious, and she was an OG head of the Raiders cheerleaders in wow. the 80s. Wow. Okay. 
So Oh God, talk she, about stories as oh, well. Bro. Those cheerleaders got stories. Bro, she comes to the show and she has fans, almost as many as mine, right? She's at a she's like at a conference in Kabul right now. Like so she's the NFL and her are very tight. She won't tell me shit. I'm like the eighties, which she's the only one that was Oakland in LA, like the captain of both. But and I go, tell me, come on, tell me this Marcus. She won't say she, so NFL, if you're watching, she's a vault. Me, I'm like, listen, if you want to cut of the merch, you're gonna tell me this Marcus Alfred. <laughs> and she's like, so now that I love her for that. And I'm that, but if you you know, a couple of coffees in me, I might give you a little, you know, mid nineties gossip, right? But I'm not gonna tell you a lot. Well, I ain't trying to but, you know what stern I'm, you, but no, but but like you said, but now that's the opposite. If someone farted if, if someone farted on you last night at fucking uh, the whistling pig, it's a fucking story. So right. we're opposite. Is that because there's not as much juicy shit happening or because there's so many you got to keep up with the every day these like TMZ needs their headlines. So a fart, someone getting fart on at a at a at a bus stop, they're like, good, use it because we need 50 things today versus one thing being like a, an actual big deal when there's not. Does that make sense? It's it's insane. It's it's like. Because now people are clicking and moving so fast, they it's got to be a big deal to stand out. Imagine if like there's the imagine if there's just the 405. I'm trying not to be crazy with this, but and there's no exits. Every two feet, there's a new exit, mm. and that's information. And all those places have to be filled. So it used to be the 405, which was just like say ABC News, and that's it. So you were all focused because that's all we knew. And now with all these little inroads, so yes, like. Dude, when I was coming up, and my second come up, which I, the early 2000s, mm. after the 90s, TMZ was, they would follow you and stalk you, and no one knew what the fuck they were, 30-mile zone. That was off a legal term, right? And then 90X or X90 or whatever. There's a few of them, right? Uh, radar. And that was new to come out of uh, the, you know, come out of, the ranch, whatever is here, the sunset here, sunset, a saddle. Yeah. And have somebody with a camera just asking you. And yeah. they're like, yo, what's up? And the next thing you know, you've told them six things. You didn't realize the camera's on. You're like, yo, what the fuck? And then, boom, Jamie Kennedy admits to fucking IBS. You're like, what? I just had, you know, <laughs> I had a blooming onion. Like, yeah. So you that, followed me into the bathroom. Yeah. So I, it's, that was new, but then it became a thing where, oh, that's part of it. And you yeah. got to work with them and all this stuff. So what am I trying to say? It's clusterfuck. It it's is. just, it's just like, get, Get your voice out there. Try to do it in a good way mm. and not – it's never going to stop. But I, I don't know what the answer was. I we dig, went off on a tangent. I, no, no, no. I did. I have a ton of stories that I will not tell. You are correct. That's, yeah. because Because that's the way it should be, bro. But, like – Take it to the grave. But, bro, let, let's – where are we at, right? So let's say, like, there's fucking stories that, A, are just too golden. That I'll tell you sometimes. Great. B – who some people might misunderstand them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and also at some point the Playboy Mansion is going to be a crime scene. <laughs> right? Like yeah. as it used to be that's where you went and that's it, what was, it was everyone was happy and you saw everyone there and Did you go there in the heyday? Oh duh, come on. It was my oh, fucking my God. That was my cafeteria. I mean not not in a bad way. I'm saying like it was just a place It was a hang. Did. Yeah, it was a hang. And it was very hard to get a dude in. Like to the point where I remember at one point Unless you were the famous dude getting invited. Yeah. I don't even want to out the dude because I don't want to get people in trouble. He's right. a big Marvel star. But he couldn't even bring a friend and I couldn't even bring a friend Unless they were like women, so that 
we said, oh, I'll, I'll meet you there. You know what I mean? Just to, like so we can hang. And so like literally they were like, yo, it's only girls and who we invite. And it was pillows and everyone had the best time wow. and it was chill nothing weird and you may see too short on stage or you may see this nfl star or nothing was weird no and cameras you, no. no and you're swimming so dude at, at okay the dj's off i, I don't want to name names yes people, yeah. but it's just like you can set the scene without see, giving the players see at, because that's the way the world is now yeah. you see everybody from all different industries right and i'm going to tell you something there was a lot of heads that were great in sports in college there, if you know what I'm saying. A lot of, what are the big sports town uh, colleges in L.A.? You know what I'm saying? Yes. So th those dudes would roll up, wow. right? Um, tech people, musicians, all the stuff. So at two, so the DJs were there. I mean, everybody dancing. I saw, I'll give you one because we passed away. Guy, Paul Allen chilling, you know, with Paris, meaning just Paris and Paul Allen. That is the difference of who shows Paul up. Paul Allen, my who owns yes. the Seahawks and the Blazers. Yes, and, I mean, I saw him there multiple times. Sweet guy, right? He's chilling, dancing, right? To too short. Then at two o'clock, when everything's done, half rolls out fucking prime rib, and Worcestershire, and a whole new bar, and you're there till the sun comes up, and you're chilling, and yeah. Yeah, it's great, and there's pillows. And so there's it's not all fucking bubbles no. and no, just... but it, it's it's gentlemanly. And yo, if you meet a friend and things develop, there's a place to go kick yeah, it somewhere else, or go fucking bounce and go to no harm, no foul. So half truly was at the helm, like wanted a bit. Well, that what I know and what I saw. Your experience. Yeah, I've been, I was there probably at least ten times. Wow. You know? And I don't care. I'll say it. You know, call the police. It was fantastic. Wow. And it was a beautiful, and everybody went there from A-list to Z-list. And that's when I really realized what Hollywood was, bro. I used to think that, uh, this is so weird, like Clark Gable would only hang out with Monty Clift and, you know, and blah, blah. Right. The Playboy Mansion was the great equalizer, which is, shows you what is the great equalizer, where I would see, like, Wink Martindale and, like, an A-list movie star. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Every form of media was there from, t and they were. You cool. get like Eminem, but then like the free Britney kid from YouTube. A hundred percent, and it was like that was beautiful. And I said, "Oh, this is this is total democratic." Of, and everyone's on the same level uh, because and, if yes. you're there, you're in. It's like don't no one's better than anyone else. And I mean, it, look, no one's there better, might be a hundred percent. No one has attitude. You're there. There's no phones, and everybody. You know where your you know where your fucking pictures are in your mind. You know, I have so many in my mind, bro. And it's wow. like, and it's a, there's a beauty to that. How many places like that exist then and now where you, there can be, like you said, the equalizer where you come in and you go, we're all here for the same purpose to kick it and to not fucking start shit to have like, we, we, we all understand hopefully the privilege of getting to come here. Yeah. So fucking keep the positivity levels at a, at a, at an all time high and just fucking chill. Like you said, people don't understand. It's like, so I was talking to this the other day with wow. somebody. I know, bro, and I, I really wish, like, imagine just going out and there's just satin pillows everywhere with a <laughs> yeah. world-class chef and weed and the best vodka. So you could do what you wanted. And everybody, you know, is dressed in pajamas, very classy. You and, had to wear pajamas all the time? Yeah. Well, no, at certain parties. Yeah. There's only one, there's two parties to go to. It was Midsummer's Night's Dream. Yeah, I know. And there's the Halloween. Those are half sanctioned. Anything else, except maybe half's birthday, 
the rest were like rent a party. So he rented out for like a hundred grand, and like some dude from Geico would put it out. And you know what I mean? By the way, I went to a couple of those parties. Geico parties? Yeah, like those are the wildest shit. Like Herb <laughs> from fucking, you know, accounts receivable is gonna get fucking nuts. Where someone, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone who's on like the Bachelor season six is more chill because he's living. So th- I saw some shit at those. Parties. Those parties are probably crazy. They are crazier because <laughs> it's like all cooped up, and you got one night in the Playboy Mansion, and it's like AFW all whole. Filled. Wait, that sounded weird. That makes sense. A, A H. A H. Yeah. But you know, A-H-F, I, I, yeah. I walked in the grotto once, literally, like with a drink, and I just wanted to see what's up. And a dude, like a normal dude, was like with three women from like fucking accounts receivable. I don't know why I keep Holy going back to that. Shit. And I was like, what? I just walked Anything's out. Anything's possible. Yeah, so, That's a great commercial, dude. So yeah, anything's possible. So. Uh, my point is, is that I was talking to somebody and they're like, well, you got into this business because you love it. And I'm like, not really. There's, that's a many fucking layered thing. I can't I don't have 20 hours to tell you. But one of the things in this thing is to enjoy when you do get it. Yeah. And they they forget what a movie star is. They forget what a rock star is. They forget what a fucking who does comedic star is the new. I hate to be that old fucking no, I piece of shit white guy, but I don't want to say woke. But like the new people that don't understand the fun, do you understand? Yes. And you're gonna take that the wrong way. But meaning like, there was a lot of fun and everybody was having it and it was all cool. Of course, there was probably there was definitely some bad shit. I never saw it. Okay, I never saw nothing illegal or immoral. Mm. But I saw a lot of fun. I saw a lot of fun. But now, what will that be? Mm. Right? What will fun be? Yeah. And so that's what's weird now. And it's also like, you know, everybody gets surprised, you know, no offense. And I love the team. I work with a girl, hardcore natty head, went back to natty because they had a parade for the Bengals. And I said, whoa, 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 what's up? What's up? And she's like, it's been 30 years. They had a parade because for they did go the that. Super Bowl. Bro, I don't want to because I love Burrow. I think he's a pimp. Me too. I love the fucking team. I think they're going to win multiples. It's great. This is what is great about sports when cities get oh, their comeuppance. Yes, and- but like. She's like, yeah, we wanted it because we wanted to show appreciation, which I get, and I think it's great, but it was low-key like everybody gets surprised. It's also low-key like you're kind of cursing yourself now by celebrating too early. Like- yeah, like we had the Dodgers. We were like in a combined parades, I guess, because we had so many wins, and we're like, wow, we the city and the infrastructure, let's just put the Dodgers, Lakers, and Rams in one day. Yeah. But I, we're spoiled as fuck. Yeah. But so I guess what I'm saying is that, I've never heard of that, and we're from Philly, so if you lose, you're dead to us. So if you do that, that speaks of the bigger thing of what's happening. It's like, I'm going to try to stop it, but there was a show that somebody wanted me for, and my friend's like, if you want them, just give them the fucking 30 minutes. And he's like, well, I have eight comics, and everyone's doing 12. And he's like, I can't get them to come down for 12. And he's like, just brush a couple people off. And the guy couldn't understand how just have a smaller show and have a headliner sometimes. And that's like, well, everybody is important, and they are, but there's levels. If I'm going to show with fucking Bill Burr and he wants to do an hour, I will do five. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There's levels yes. to this. It takes a minute, too, to get to a point to where I guess you understand that, right? Yes, and so that's where we're at. Now. We're at where if you're doing comedy or something for three minutes and somebody's doing it for 30 years, we're all God's creatures. <sighs> you understand? We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, yeah, wow. It's, you know what is great too about how active you are, uh, just in in all facets is uh, your podcast is great. Your oh, your you, your clips that you post, you're just a really good free, uh, poignant talker. And one thing on your YouTube channel that everyone should subscribe to, Thank that you. I uh, recently watched, is this. And what's great again about you just like, you know, taking the opportunities to look at your uh, your catalog of cool shit and go. Just in the same way that people, there's an office ladies podcast where they're going through and just talking about episodes. It's like, yeah, man, you've done a lot of culturally, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant. Impactful, relevant I've shit. Been, I've been lucky. Whether it's good or bad, Bro. I've had something in, in the last three decades, every decade. I've been very fortunate. And now I'm like, I'm kind of in, I think. That still I'm holds like- up and still carries weight, man. And so you go, you did this video. About 30 minutes on YouTube channel. Is this the one you were going to pre-come with? Almost. Okay. This is the, uh, this is just, imagine I'm just touching the outside of the pants. You're there. Hold, hold, this is- <laughs> hold, take a breath before that next pump. This video, it was you giving the full story to the making of Son of the Mask. Yeah. Bro, that A was so compelling and awesome and such a curtain peelback for people that uh, truly are removed from the business. Uh, and you're a great storyteller and just hit every level of, of what you would want to know. But then the video portion, I mean, did you cut that together? Not me. I have a great guy. Great. He does, he does it. it. You added so much to it. Like in any good documentary, you got all the footage and photo. You just really, um, you know, uh, cont- you know, the whole thing was, um, was a win. But uh, how often are you doing that with your... I guess career, uh, looking back at stuff and going, "Oh shit, that was awesome." Is that maybe something that uh, would be worth? I guess now with with the new scream coming out, that was a cool thing to get to, you know, um, you know, chime in on and just be a part of that. But are there things that you're going back where you're like, maybe I pull that out of the woodworks and, you know, uh, have some uh, Malibu's most wanted screenings with Q and A things? Are there? Are you in that? Or are you just kind of full steam ahead? Look towards the future. Everything old is new again. Right. So I feel that, like, I am just going to examine. Because you're right. Like, I have done. I've, dude, I've been so fortunate, bro. Like, I it's have. not lost on you. I, I, no, I have done. If I were to stop right now, I did it. Do you know what I mean? I did it. Like, well, that's why we're having you here. We all, <laughs> mow it. I just mowing myself. We're just wondering if you just, if you just, if you just call it, call it quits. Call it a quit right now, retirement party. <laughs> but like, I have touched, like you said, like different touchstones, whether good or bad, and then in 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 the zeitgeist of pop culture, and then stuff that may not have worked is now growing. So because of the way content is distributed and with streaming. People can discover stuff. So there are pe- when Son of the Mass, let's say, came out, <clears throat> people hated it. And it was for a lot of reasons. But there's kids now that are 17 and 18 that loved it because it played into their insanity. It was like a live-action cartoon. Now, there's a lot to go with that movie, yeah. but people want to know that. So for me, what I'm doing right now is I'm looking at my past, and I'm going through that. I'm going to do, do that because every 
people want their content that they want and they want to make more of it. Like that's why we have Marvel and that's why we have reboot of fucking one day at a time. To me, that was when we jumped the shark. I didn't know that people were dying to get one day at a time again. I'm not dissing it, but like, you know, just like how I met your mother, you know, now there's how I met your father. It's mm. going to be how I met your great aunt, right? Like they yes. want, people want their own universe. Yes. So this will be, you know, my, like I say, the Jamie verse. So I will do that more. And I, there's a lot to unpack and I'm doing that along with, you know, my new thoughts and my new ideas. And then just talking about the world in terms of where we are. Cause I think it's our job as comedians to be the fucking last bastion of truth. About Not like we are, but we are. I mean, we have to be able to say shit that no one will say. Yep. I don't feel like it's in jeopardy. I feel like I get more people that ask me that aren't don't have their finger on the pulse of anything that's happening that'll just be like, "Is can you even say is comedy even can you even like go yeah. up there and talk about it's tough to be funny now, right? It's tough to really be yeah. It, it, like coming at you already just like they've decided how they see it, what that, they find funny because they're just like you can't even say what you want up there, right? Yeah, this is what's good. There's two things. It's like you why you have an advantage is because you can take a dark subject and put an impression or a character in it to help sell it in a mm. lighter way, but mm. you can go dark. That's what I started to do. Yeah. And that's why when you say I'm active, while well, I'll play the Laugh Factory, uh, you know, with you last night, and then I'll go to the Virgil. You yeah. Got, and, you know, you gotta go to Silver Lake, and you gotta potentially piss people off and see where you're at, yeah. and then you also gotta go, you know, to Chocolate Sunday. To you the gotta, Bright Club, yeah. Yeah, you gotta mix it up. Totally. And that's how you have a full war chest. How do you do at Chocolate Sunday? I, I've done well. I've done well. Did you do when Malibu's Most Wanted came out, which, by the way, that was what I was leading to. Go to it. I watched it last night for the first time. What? And I don't know if that makes you angry or happy. <laughs> wow. The very first time. And I want to wow. tell you this. I hadn't smoked pot. I love, I love pot. <laughs> you do? I love weed. Wait. Hey, Steph, if, Steph, if you're listening, when we hash it out, We'll hash it out. Hash it. Are you? Wow, you really I, are a Seattle head. I smoked last night for the first time in two months, and that's probably, I started smoking pot in 2001 when I went to college out here, and I I told myself, my roommate, Justin Porter, shout out, who was from Del Mar, San Diego. We lived together. I had only smoked pot twice before Where's coming to college. Was that? Your lady didn't live with you? Now she does. Okay. I'm saying Justin Porter lived with me in college, oh, freshman year of college. My bad, yeah. my bad. And, um, and, and he introduced me to pot and got me, just on the train, and uh, and I was like, oh, I'll probably stop when I graduate. No. Now everything in moderation, for sure. I've scaled it way back. Yeah. Uh, but I had gone two months, and I was just like, I think I'm going to keep going. I've never gone this long since I started. Wow, Truly. I didn't know you were a stoner. Yeah, but-, but You stony on stage? No, that's okay, why. Yeah. And it's, it, dude, it's it, end of the night when I got, when I'm- Puff, puff. To either go to bed or to watch a couple video, like Puff Puff. You would have loved the Playboy Mansion. Great pot. Go ahead. <laughs> I had an opportunity to go real quick. I didn't tell that story. Yes. Jeff Dye invited me to go because he was dating a girl that was one of the um, wow. uh, models. And my girlfriend at the time also was in Seattle. Seattle. Wow. Yeah, I was dating a girl long distance, and I told her I was going to go. And she got, she didn't tell me not to, but she got so uncomfortable. She was already just struggling with the distance, and I go, it's not even worth the fight or her or making her feel bad. I'm just not gonna go. But that's why lies were. It was the midsummer night oh party. Oh my god! It's probably one of the last two thousand. Uh, 
eight or nine or ten, maybe two thousand ten. Die went early. Good for Di. He was dating uh, Sarah Jean Underwood. She okay. Was a, um, like a, he met her on Last Comic uh, yeah, Standing. I think they did she a, was. Yeah. Two thousand seven. She, she was. She was Miss Oh Nine or something. Yeah. No, that's anyway, not, yeah. he invited me, wow. and I, I, and and that again, like you last. said, tough to get a dude to go. And I go, and he goes, just come anyway. And I go, I go, what if the picture's taken and she see? Like I just did. Let me tell you something. Hey, am I over it? Do I regret it? There's a few things in life called No and yes are the answers to both those questions. Are you still with the girl? No. Yeah, you made the worst mistake of your life. I know. (laughs) Where is this girl at now? Oh, man. She's married with a kid in Denver. Oh, God. Yeah. Drinking box wine? With my face on it. Jesus. My merch. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, bro, you should have lied. You should have told her. There was not. I don't get. Was, I get no good person karma points for that, do I? No, not at all. <laughs> How long did it last after that? <laughs> Broke up the next morning. No, uh, probably another year and change. Fuck. Yeah. Long distance. Long distance for almost three years. And job, bro. It was tough. Wait long distance a, is tough. Wow. We got. Wait. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Malibu's <laughs> most wanted. So two intense. months without pot. Got high. I smoked last night for the first time in two months and watched it and could not have fucking loved it more, dude. Thank you, buddy. Thank Truly. You. Wow. Top to bottom with one of my dear friends, Norman, uh, who uh, who um, Did used Norman to work ever for the. See it? Yes, he's the he's the one. Who I told him he goes, "You got to watch." And I go, "I go, isn't it funny? I haven't seen it." He goes, "After I left the factory, I think you went there shortly after me." Mm-hmm. And Close we went out. back to my uh, my my place and uh, got some snacks, got high, and dude, and he he was so pumped to show it to me. And then I go, I haven't smoked in two. I feel like I got to smoke. And he goes, he goes, I, I feel like it's the move for you. He goes, he goes, <laughs> I know you got you get, you're gonna enjoy it. And uh, and we laughed like fucking kids. Wow. And just could and and stopped. It was almost like we were doing. It was really great too because we were p- p- stopping it a lot and talking about moments. And then it was like a, you know. And this is why I was too like I would love to see a fucking screening and Q and A with because a killer cast, just such a funny concept. And as soon as I got it, the opening scene with with there were bag ladies and uh everyone had a fucking uh strap with a nine strap with a nine with a shot of a rich golf course and then the fucking there were um uh what was the the uh player players or big players and it was a little league yeah. a rich little league scene as soon as i understood what it was right out of the gate i go i i just i paused it and i just turned to norm and i go i'm so fucking excited to watch the rest of this movie and he's like have you ever said that i go as an adult no <laughs> bro it was awesome Dude, thank you. Still holds up. That means a lot to me. I don't know when the last time you've seen it or anyone you, and that's why I was so excited to tell you that because I was like, I don't know if that's going to be insulting, but like, what a cool thing to, uh, how many times do you have people you know, like, do you get to to hear also too, like how the impact of it uh, still today? I mean, I'm sure all the time because it's a, a classic, but like, man, it was, it was, it was, it was great. Thank you, buddy. Laughed a lot. How, that means a lot to me, man. Coming from and me. I don't like comedy, you know, but I laughed a lot. Wait, how old are you? Thirty nine. You're thirty nine, yeah. so it came out when you're twenty ish, twenty one. It was oh four, right? Oh no, three. Oh three, yeah. So it makes sense because you're at that age where you're kind of doing your own thing. I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, so I you're also, like, bro. Was, I was. It was PG thirteen. 
And so it knew was, of it, knew how popular it was, and it, and it's just again, I I'm not good at seeing. But did you see all Adams movies? Not all of them. Okay. Or did you? But you see all Will Ferrell's movies? Yeah. See, those guys had well. Will was more, and you know, our well, I would say R-rated comedies. He mixed. Yeah, mixed. He yeah. mixed. Like Blades of Glory was. And yeah. Aw. So I I did. PG thirteen, yeah. so it might have been a little bit like, "Yo, is this movie too family?" Or, or, or maybe whatever. it was, maybe it did, maybe I, what? Who knows? It what was I thought. we we had an R rated version, but we're like, "Nah, we have to make a broad appeal." Oh, you know? really? Just with darker jokes and stuff, and then, but we were never gonna do that. So it was like PG was too light. So it was, I think it was PG thirteen, and it was so, so it might have you might have hit you at that age where it was off, but the fact that you didn't catch a rerun on VH1 I mean in the last 15 years but um VH1 dude is it there all the time <laughs> all the time awesome. uh no but uh, thank you buddy and it means a lot and what I'm trying to tell you is is that making that movie was incredible there's a lot of stories behind it but the thing any is, that come to mind or what I'm sorry I just cut tons. you off you're about to say like no there's just so many I just you wrote it with Nick Nick is, uh, you know, one of the reasons it's it's became a thing because I met Nick Schwartzen. Yeah, in um, '99, at he was Heath Heitch was the headliner, I was the middler, and Nick was the MC. Wow! Which and and it was uh, at the Tempe Improv, and I just remember all the shows were packed and nuts, and I fucking. Nick would have like nine minutes and he had his Wheel of Fortune bit. He'd yes. Like, what about this one, Pat? <laughs> and the crowd would go, and he would scream and like, fuck you, Pat. And I was like, and I had like a pretty good eight and I had like another eight. And so Nick was so sweet. He was like, he was so hard to follow and he was the MC, but he was already way ahead of that. But he was just MCing that weekend. And I was known, so people loved me, but I had about three minutes and then it was like, yo, be funny, motherfucker. So Nick would just started punching up my shit for me. He would just say, "Hey, man, try this, try this, try this." And he was so sweet. Cool. And every weekend, we every day we go to Einstein's, and fucking, you know, he'd write my shit. I was like, "Dude, I love this guy." And that's how we started becoming friends. And he's like, "I know you want to make this movie because I was telling him about this character, and I I was doing B Rad on stage, mm. and then I did tonight. Remember, there was something called Late Friday. Remember that." Yes. Late Friday was like a, a show with like videos and a host. It was like, I want to say Carson Daly. Maybe it was a different one. Okay. Was, Carson had his own show. Anyway, that I did stand-up. So it was me, Nick, and Fred Armisen. Wow. I know. It was a good lineup, right? And we all did the show at different times, and I did B-Rad. And Nick was like, you, you know, if you want to make that movie, I have ideas. So long story short is I was telling him about it. He saw the character on stage a bunch, and he would write five pages, and I'm like, this shit's brilliant. And that's when I started paying him. And then we started writing it together. But he would write it, give himself, I would say, change this, and then boom. Smart. And then that's how it happened. It was a long story. and then Took a while to make? Well, years. And then it was like, because we had our first version. and But Nick's initial script and all of his ideas are fucking, it's all the movie is, right? And so... Hiring uh, actors to... To uh, kidnap you, like that. What a twist! It that was so bad. added a whole other layer yeah. of comedy. It's it's so it's it's so good, and it's there's so many twists and levels to it. But here's what I want to say: <laughs> is that the movie, I just <clears throat> here. I, there's so many stories I can think about, but I just remember one night when we were doing the shootout scene. Yeah, and I remember Terry Crews. I saw him 
in um, training day. He's so big now. Right? That's what was crazy. I'm like, but this guy, he, <laughs> he didn't speak until almost the end of the movie. Well, he was because he was brand new. And I saw him in Training Day. And so the woman who cast Training Day cast Malibu's. And I'm like, we got to have authentic shit. So my boy, Noel G, uh, who's in also in Training Day, he was like, hey, Bato, like, not the guy who said, get your shit pushed in, but the other dude. Like, so we had like legit dudes. And so Terry looked as, you know, he looked like yeah. know, a gangster, right? Yeah. And we're on the set and he just started doing fucking hilarious shit dancing and he was so fun and i'm like this dude so we slowly started working him in more right and we made him part of damian dante's crew but i'll never forget he was so strong and he would pick me up or something during the shootout scene and i had a hemorrhoid during the like the last week of filming because i was so much stressed there was so much going on like people like you love the movie and i appreciate it but it was intense to make like every day we had a lot going on right oh man and so i had a hemorrhoid and i remember him grabbing me oh. and picking me up and i'm like yo dude my roid is like my bad my bad and, like he put me down but he was so new and so passionate about it he would grab me and pull me and i'm like oh dude my roid and he's like my bad my bad and so like we did like a take like 15 times i'm just wait you ever have a bad hemorrhoid where you're ready for that thing to pop and it's just like a roid of hell it never did and I would go to my trailer in between fucking takes and just preparation H the shit oh out of my, my ass. Oh, my God. And then eventually it went down. But the last week, I just was so, because I was writing, I was producing, Doing everything. I was acting. I, was, I had to make, I, it was all the stuff. Not easy to wear all those hats. Well, it, I, I knew it was my moment, and I wanted to do it. So I, and I had to be in character, and we were improvising. We had day, we had night, when oh the sun was coming God. up, and I had the studio, and it was, like, beautiful, but it was, like, under pressure, you become a diamond or you get crushed, right? So I was like trying to become a diamond. So, but it was just a funny story because he was so awesome and hilarious. Yeah. But he's so strong. Yeah. And I he's just going remember, for it. And when everyone laughs at that scene and says, you shooting out and parodying this and that, all I think is my hemorrhoids. <laughs> all I think about is my hemorrhoids. And I was, and like, oh, I appreciate shit. you, dude, because the movie has deeper levels to it. Like, I think it is now. Like, the movie's kind of a oh, documentary yeah. now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could look, there's rappers. <clears throat> that are claiming Brentwood is the hardest streets. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit, yeah. Because that movie came out being born out of, I really wish I had a stir, is that Sorry, man. it was born out of Philly where there were dudes that love hip-hop like me and stuff where we're like, hey, man, you watch a new He-Man today? But like, yo, that Eric, Eric B and Rakim. Like, we loved hip-hop, but we weren't like, yeah, what's up? What's up, player? But you wanted to be. Yeah, but we, we grew up with Run DMC and stuff, and we played ball. You know, I used to play ball. The first time I ever heard Run DMC was a dude named Lump. And I'm like, why is your name Lump? And he's like, because I keep my pockets lumpy. And he was fucking 13. <laughs> You're like, he, why don't you call yourself Lumpy? Yeah, like that, right? And he was the dude in in, in our playground, and he was dunking at 13. Oh. And he had fucking big-ass money in his pocket, and he was like had the radio, like all that shit. And that's how I like learn. It's like what's to, when you play ball with black dudes, how you get better. Yep. You know what I'm saying? One thousand percent. And how if you break dance with black dudes, you get better. Yeah. And, rap. and so I learned this stuff from these dudes, and I was like, this is incredible. I feel so cool. Street cred. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know what that was, but I was never like, yeah, what's up, Lump? Let's go to Dairy Cuisine. I was yeah. just like, hey man, what's up, Sean? Yeah. He was like, it's Lump. His name was Sean, and his name was Lump. Whoa. And so 
it was only when I got to L.A. where I saw dudes who literally grew up at, like, Beverly Hills. Like, yeah, what's up, player? Like, literally, like, I don't want to see you at Wix and Six no more, motherfucker. I'm like, this dude's never gone east of Cannon and west of fucking Sawtell. And I was like, so it was a new phenomenon of people, you could say the early appropriation. But to me, Malibu is a play on appropriation and appreciation. Mm. And really, at its core, it's a guy who appreciates. I love hip-hop. I love that. I always felt cooler walking in to a Cool Modi song than I did Led Zeppelin. And I love Led Zeppelin. But I just felt mm. hip-hop was a little bit more wild. The opening scene of you and Calpin and um, Nick and a uh, very talented gal who's playing. Um, Can you throw me your pen? I'll uh, do it. Yeah, we got about ten minutes left. No. Yeah. Why? I got a pen. Somebody else coming through. Go ahead. But we'll we'll do a. We'll, I mean, dude, I, I already uh, want to uh, do another one with you, okay. and, and we just will. But uh, that opening watch scene a movie when you guys years when ago. you guys all come in with that fucking like like just Bob like dude, I was laughing out of the gate. It was so fucking silly, but so in context because you're like, oh, these guys. And what, what you guys, do you go into, is it the coffee shop or the, what? No, we go into. What was the, where you immediately we go into the in, candle store. That's right. We go into the candle store. And, and start it, demanding. Yeah, and we're like, you know, yo, man, hey, what's up with that parking validation? Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And she was like, wow, like, yeah, all right. Like, it was like, that was all hardcore shit. But you came in, but it's like, it was like such a funny thing for you all to be bobbing like this in unison. But then also you're like, if, if these four people think they're that hot shit especially at that time too i guess maybe to be doing that felt cool and true to those people yeah and and that's why i laughed even harder where i was like oh that's that's not just it wasn't just like hey let's have them come in with a silly walk it's like they all think like if we all fucking come in together like that that's gonna be people are gonna be like look at those four cool ass people right yeah it was well it was like what we did is we all believed <laughs> our characters and our characters believe that they belong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Nick was Mocha. You know what I mean? He was my sidekick and he was like, yeah, just as hard. And Cal, like we had his backstory. It was like, you know, the son of a t it's either a Saudi royalty or tech guy or something. But like it, we knew it, we knew that these were like rich kids that were entitled, but were influenced mm -hmm. like myself by hip hop yeah. culture and they were it's just fish out of water but now yes. that fish out of water is a new lake mm. like you know and I mean and I love Ooh. them but like <clears throat> from Chet Hanks on down I mean there's you know people that are and there are people that could really spit you know but back in the day it was too white it was, the first one was Ad Rock the second one was Robbie Van Winkle you know I mean there wasn't a lot of white MCs and MC Search but now it's much more uh, accepted. Have you guys ever done you? So you've never done a like I'm sure you did at the time, right? Like screenings with Q and A's. I mean, dude, Anthony Anderson, Regina Hall. I mean, fuck. Yeah, the cast. We were so lucky. Bonkers. The cast was incredible. They did. They're, they're, I I owe Tay so much. So Tay much. Tay Diggs. Was, Tay oh was, my god. Tay was the first guy to <clears throat> sign on, and we, that helped. I I it was yeah. incredible. I mean, we we paid him nice, but he deserved yeah. more, and he he. He blessed us because he has great cred as an actor, yeah, and he's also can sing and dance. I mean, he's like he's like a Broadway star yeah. too, along with a movie star. And yet he came on in a funny role and he fucked with it. 
and we had that great meeting and he was so cool and smooth and he's like yeah i'm gonna do it and once he signed on he blessed the whole project i owe him everything and he then we got and ryan o'neill yeah like this is why mary Venu, <clears throat> the casting director i mean she cast the new star wars but it's like this is when you need somebody like that she's like how about your dad is ryan o'neill like ryan o'neill how could i can i look like him like yeah. that i'm like yeah, yeah, dye my hair great. and i'm like how are you gonna get ryan o'neill she's like he's she lives in Venice, and she's like, I know he's in Malibu, and I know he goes to this restaurant, oh and I'm God. pretty sure he's open right now, and, like, you schedule it right. like So, like, and then he was neighbors with Bo, and, like, we got Bo Derek. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, besides all the other, Regina and Anthony and, you know, Cal, I mean, we had so many people. Yeah. So it was it was a blessing, dude. A lot of heavy hitters. Still yeah. holds up. Can't recommend it enough. Wow. I'll probably get high and watch it again. <laughs> uh, I want to yes. Make sure you're on drugs to <laughs> watch it. It's the only way you get through my stuff. Uh, hilarious. I want to close this out with a um, a little quick ten question questionnaire inside the actor studio style. I'm oh, gonna I play, like that. I'm gonna play James Lipton. Did we finish one point on any of our? Yeah, we did. Oh, I know we did for sure. We went back and covered but you're, everything. You're, yeah, you got points yeah, dude, I just, of light. Yeah, see, like, it's Minority Report up there. Yeah. Just fucking it. I'm trying to just, like, <laughs> get that one out of the way. And then I'm like, That's oh, That's how your that clips one. are. Yeah. You do here, some bird squawks over here. You're there. <laughs> you pull the impression out here. There's a lot of traffic yeah. control. All right. I'm going to play James Lipton. We're going to close this out. Uh, doing the 10-question uh, questionnaire that James did at the end of the show. R.I.P. Here we go. I'm with Jamie Kennedy here. Jamie, what is your favorite word? Oh Jesus! Really? Ah, uh, <laughs> rutabaga. Great word. Yeah. It's a vegetable, right? Yeah, it's a vegetable. Do you use it in sentences? Um. Other than hey, give me that rutabaga. Be like, I don't know. I'll be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I just like the the syllables of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, that dude was rude. He was rutabaga. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Rutabaga. Also, I thought, it makes me think of Lubega. I yeah, which we don't think that. of enough. I did uh, password with uh, with uh, God with Chuck Woolery, Regis Philbin. Yeah, and that was a, an answer I got wrong, and I said Rutabaga. You got to kick it with Regis. Yeah, it's a long story. I'll try to do the impression. He's like, "Well, Jamie, you were Rutabaga." He was like, who came up with rutabaga? He was so baffled that I said rutabaga. He told me that at craft service. He's like, rutabaga? Because it was some type of vegetable, and I said rutabaga. And he got so mad. Who comes I, up with rutabaga? I have to work, listen to get the impression. No, that was it. But he was like, oh, the rutabaga. And he was like literally <laughs> dipped like that thin pretzel in the hummus. You know craft yeah, service. Oh, yeah. like, and he was like, who comes up with that? Because I cost... The person money. Oh, fuck. So he was mad, but in a funny way. Uh, Real quick, you just made me think of the uh, Funny You Should Ask show that you did a bunch of. I love that show. Yeah, so funny. What a great idea for Dude, a show. Dude, it's so fun. One of the funniest things ever. Did, funnest, funnest. Did you know Louie prior to that? Was that like the most you guys got to kick it or Louie Anderson? Um, Yeah, I mean, I had known him from, well, I just, he was another one of my inspirations, yes. idols. Truly a iconic, funny. Yep wonderful character warm. caricature warm and just nothing ever came out of his mouth was not funny like he never tried his she was just born to do it like such a beautiful man and, and so pained and um i did a movie called heckler which is a whole Loved, thing yep thank you buddy and he he was in that and he granted me an interview and then i would see him around at different events but then when i started to work with him i i do 
I between him and John Lovitz, you know, I don't, I don't laugh harder. Yeah, on a set, dude. Like I'm, I cry, bro. I just got to kick with Lovitz for the first time oh. at the Vegas Laugh Factory, and he goes, he was wearing this giant, like almost like a snow parka coat inside. It was a little chilly in the green room, but and I and I just go to him, I go, I go, John, I can go upstairs and get you a bigger coat if you want. Because it was huge, just you know, mm-hmm. being sarcastic, and he goes, "Ha ha ha!" Yes. <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, oh, Adam Ray with the jokes." He goes, "Look at you wearing a different hat than you wore yesterday." Just kidding, you have the same fucking hat. <laughs> Can you afford hats? He's so- and then, dude, it was just, and then, but he, him dude. smiling is so like all I all I wanted to do was make him laugh and hear him he tell stories, which he Bro. has no shortage of. I never know if he likes me or hates me. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> yeah, totally. I always will laugh. Yeah. Like, he sneezed when I was there in the summer, and he goes, it's allergies. <laughs> you should be so blessed as to get a sneeze from me. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So he, uh, I, he's, dude, but he yeah. kills me. Yeah, so, One of again, the fun, naturally. Again, again, another person that mm. is only born to do what they do. Louie, only born yep. to do what they do. Yep. You know? It's so, yeah, I'm lucky. And uh, Byron is such a beautiful soul. Heckler, it was the first stand-up documentary I uh, saw and uh, and was a, I mean, just, you know, we could talk about it for, for hours and days, but, like, so awesome that you did that because it was the, um, I don't know at what point in, my, in starting stand-up where I was, maybe early, to where it, it was a nice, I saw that before I saw Seinfeld's Comedian. And so it was like, oh, cool, getting to see pros not only deal with uh, something that's going to be a part of um, the whole journey, but like to see you talking about it, to see you going to gigs at the gigs. It was such a curtain peelback that was very uh, uh, impactful. Thank you. It's there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot. I know. When you come back, we'll really break it's, that but down. But it's fucking. That was the beginning of now. People can talk back at you when you buy a fucking sponge on Amazon, and they can tell you what a piece of shit you are for selecting that sponge that never existed before. There was no talkback culture. Yep. So it's like, imagine putting something out and people never be telling you how it was online. And then if you go to Whole Foods, somebody goes, hey, man, I saw your episode of, uh, you know, uh, you're the worst. You were great. But you can't read about that. That's That existed at one point. People would go, hey, I saw you in that horror movie. You were really funny. It's the only way you got it. Right? Now it's like you know everyone's feeling before the fucking episode Everyone ends. lived a better, healthier life. Dude. I, I there's a guy who said something to me. It was the most brilliant thing. He said we weren't, our brains are not equipped to take in the world's information nope. all at once. Yep, and that's why we're fucked. Yep. Sorry, keep going. Your next question. These what, questions are gonna be hard. What is your? You can you can just fly through them. What is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on? Women. What turns you off? Women. What is your favorite curse word? Rutabaga. What sound or noise do you love? I hate noise. Which one do you love? I love flutes. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? I hate traffic sound. Hot sirens. Oh, yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Dude, I was pretty good to pizza deliverer. Like, I was making good money. For a mom and pa store or like one of the big... Uh... Mom, pa, and Domino's at the same time. And you. I knew I could hustle a tip if I was funny. So it was like one night I made $97. Get- it's a lot of money now. In a one night in tips. From... And fucking f- two free pizzas at the end of the night and a six pack of old Milwaukee pounders. 
My, I was. Come on, man. Dude. There's a strong argument that that life is just as good as this one. 18, fresh out of high school, and I was like thinking about LA, but I was like, this pizza life. <laughs> Bro, all the free pizza Domino's, I could eat late 80s. Domino's is one healthcare plan away from locking me down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? It was when the Noid was there. Remember the Noid? Come on. Yeah, it was. What were your uh, quick quips that got you extra cash? Like zingers or? Just like I would bring it up and. Like, I just, dude, you're asking me 35 years ago, but I would just, I just remember, like, it was a lot of, like, older MILF types that would order that late night pizza. <laughs> and I Wait, would, like that, like, hoping for a little. Well, it wasn't like a full-on vivid where, like, who ordered the pepperoni? It wasn't like that, but it was, <laughs> it was, there were, they weren't mad. That that's funny. Had, if <laughs> I was the MILF, I would have given you a tip. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> if I was the MILF, that's the name of my memoir. If I was. <laughs> They weren't, they were, they, they were just happy to see like a young, fresh boy out of high school <laughs> delivering them a piping hot pie. And then there was. <laughs> I think I saw the beginning of this film. Yeah. And then there was like, you know, I would drive, do a little to the hood. And they, like, if they had on like Eric B and Rakim and I'm like, oh shit, is that, you know, so-and-so. And they'd be like, oh, you, you fuck with that. Like, I knew enough about that. Cool. I knew enough about the MILF game. And there was just enough stoners who thought, you know. MILF game. From the producers of Squid Game. Squid Game. MILF game. They, that thought of five was a ten. You know what I mean? I'm like, cool. Yeah, you know, I was a ten. And they're like, oh, thank you for your honesty. Just keep it. You know, that type of. Cool. Yeah. And there was. But I just. Dude, I low-key loved delivering pizzas. I love that. I love that. And I loved beer. I don't drink it right now because I got so fat. But I love beer. Beer's great. Really? Like, I wish I could just I know, I wish they, drink beer. As much as they make the light ones, too, it's just, I mean. And I'm not dissing this, but, like, I love Barstool, but I have an issue because it it always makes drunk people, like, drunk people so validated. Yeah. Which is, like, because it's just going to create more annoying drunks. Yes. But it's so funny. But I wish I could just drink beer and go to a bar and just not do anything. I, I do love that. And yeah. eat wings. Yeah. But you get fat. Did you talk to those kids from the Cheesecake Factory last night at the Laugh Factory? <laughs> Dude, I do a joke. Because I did about <laughs> 15 of my 20 minutes on them. And I will be posting the clip. Six employees. <laughs> and the night ended when I go, I go, have you ever, I go, you're such an affable kid. You ever, I, please tell me you've gotten the employee of the month plaque at least once. And he's like, eh, kind of. I go, kind of. I go, what did you do? That got in your way where your bosses were like, we just can't give it to you because of so-and-so. He goes, I raw dogged the bread. I go, yeah, that'll do it. Bro, bro, not only that, <laughs> I should get a clip. Did you film that or they filmed it? I asked him to film it, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I went up, I do this joke about, uh, fuck, I do this joke about, oh, forget, what's my fucking joke? Anyway, <laughs> what was I talking about? It was, it was, it was I do a joke. And it has a bread reference in it. And then this whole thing happened. They started the, laughing. Well, the audience got weird. And I'm like, what? And they're like, it's fucking Tommy. Tom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> raw dogs hey, and bread. Hey, raw dogs and bread. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I was so, I did this joke about my friend had sexy raw dogs during the pandemic. And and I was and he was like don't he was like don't worry dude she was cute I'm like yeah she's cute and the joke is she ventilator cute yeah you know is this the one Fine. you want to go out yeah, on right yes. and so <laughs> then he's like there's a raw dogger right here and it was like what are the chances wow. of raw dog and raw dog yes. and it was bread and yes. then like it took the bit and this made it a whole fun yeah it elevated it that's also, so crazy that's I'm so glad dude about it's that so up. weird your callback hit my callback yes 
And then also, like, they're, they're already digging it. It's an extra thing for you to be... Oh, no, I know like, it's a joke. What, like, what, what did I miss? And then they love that, that you... Wait, no, that's a joke. That's another joke. It was... I'm sorry. It was... I go, this had this joke about how you can't... How this food is getting canceled. So it's me food. Mm. And so it's like, you know, Pillsbury Doughboy. All right, I'm going to do a bit. Yes, I'm sorry. And it's like... <laughs> it's like, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you can't finger bread. The joke is, you can't touch a croissant without consent. And then the people are like, finger bread! Finger bread! <laughs> Tommy Raw dog! I'm like, Tommy what? And I'm like, you fucking bad cat. He's like, well, what I did was. And then they were like crying, oh, laughing. Bro, and I, what a. So extra I didn't know. Tag. Yeah, and then I went in, and then it was like, then the whole crowd, it was, they woke up. Because I got them late. I mean, you guys yeah. beat the shit out of them. Good. And I. It's a long show, yeah. Yeah, and I, I got, you know, it was, I'm so happy it happened. Yes. So then get a new gear to it. That's. I got to get that clip and then play it with yours. Yes. Dude, that's so funny that that was so. He actually did that? Because I, I, that's my problem too, is I, that's why I enjoy at least a 20 minute. Because as soon as I start talking to him, and then they all start. I just said, like, oh, you guys are all grouped together. I said, uh, as soon as I asked him what he did, and he said Cheesecake Factory, I said, you guys all seem like you got factory cheesecake vibes. And they said, yeah, and then they all said they were together. And then I, and then I kept going back to him. And then I kept going back to him, and I was like, sorry, guys, I know you want jokes, but what are the odds we get six Cheesecake <laughs> Factory employees on the same night? Bro, I'd play the lottery. And then, I asked, and then I asked one kid, I go, would you guys get any benefits? And one of them just goes, cheesecake. And I go, <laughs> How sad was that? And then I go, you didn't even sound like you get to pick the flavor. They just, like, leave it outside. And he was just like, yeah, there's no real benefit. But I couldn't get away. Bro, I they're giving you love. And I'm so genuinely curious, dude. And the kid, Tom, was, like, such a – he was given, you know – He raw-dogged the bread. It took a while to build that. And then I did an impression at the end where I go, I go I'm go, i going to do a few stupid impressions I've been working on. I do these, you know, quick, dumb ones. Nicholas Cage stubbing his toe in the dishwasher. Dr. Phil – you know, chastising his wife for uh, for uh, burning his turkey pot pie. And then I go, and the last one is uh, Tom uh, uh, approaching a new table at the Cheesecake Factory. And so then I do this long, drawn-out thing where I go, guys, you know, everybody good? And everybody good? Great. And then uh, what, what are we going to get? Okay, great. And let me recommend this, a long, drawn-out thing. And then I go, uh, do we want to start with any bread? Any bread? And then everyone starts to kind of laugh. And I go, cool. Uh, just so you know, we do things a little differently here. <laughs> and then I just, you know, set up and I go, we, uh, you know, it's not, it's toasted for sure. We got five different flavors, but uh, it's going to come out. You're going to be like, was this magic? with before uh and yeah it was but it's a little something i uh, put my my tom on it if you don't uh mind me saying and it's uh i'm gonna fuck the bread is what i'm gonna do without a condom i'm gonna fuck your bread and uh and dude he was dying and he stood up and he tried to hug me when i got off stage i mean it was like dude what is the chances of that but that made my set better that so, you had that joke that tied into it so, so much bizarre. for them to go that's the greatest night of their lives. Timeline. That's the greatest night away from the Cheesecake Factory those six people have ever had. I know, and I forget that sometimes. When They're never going to not talk about that. Bro, you're right. And I had to, they were fun crowds. Yeah, it was. It was, wait, I have to tell you something. Yeah. It was, we're almost done do you always, because <clears throat> I, sometimes I want to go up and I'm like, let me just, just have a killer set. Yeah. And then when I watch you, I feel like sometimes you feel it out. Oh, yeah. There are some times when I'll feel it out, but then there's other times where they're hot, and I'm just gonna go right into it. Yeah. So what do you normally? What do you normally do? I, I don't know. It's like there'll be a hot. Crowd always and then, take the temperature and yeah. go. Hey, what are you doing? Or you just go right into. It depends. If it's like if I just followed fucking Tony Rocks in a hot Saturday show where he just fucking slayed for. And did an extra five, and it's just like, I just, I feel like I just got to go up and keep it going. Yes. Because they're just so. Go. But then also, if it's like a 20-minute set, like, I mean, you can just pound away for 20, but but then I'll still kind of 
try to bring it down a little and bring it to me. But but sometimes when they're just because like that, that last I night they were it. they were hot, but they were also good that you could try stuff. A thousand percent. And I felt like last night I started good. Then I tried stuff, lost them, and then just came back and got them yep, again. Yep. And I felt like that was weird. It was more meat on that bone than yep, I realized. Yep. So I picked my sets where I work it out. Yep. Long story boring. I, love that. I have another kid who I worked with back in the day. He's not doing comedy anymore. I'm not going to name him. But he worked at the Century Club, you know, Century yeah. Club from the Dre song. Yeah. And this is crazy. I don't want to say it. But there's a, a big newscaster in L.A. that he hated. And would go in there every day. And he, the first time I ever heard of that, he used to dip his balls in his martini. And it was a hot summer. It was early night. <laughs> and he did that. And every time I watch the news, I think of that. And he told me that. And I said, you're going to get in trouble for that. And what a fun him. tidbit. He dipped his balls like three different times. <sighs> and the newscaster drank it. <laughs> Is that illegal? Am I going to get No, trouble? no. He told it to me. I, I know, don't know if it's Dude, true. I know servers all over the country that have that done shit to people's dip? stuff because of regulars being so shitty. He said he was shitty to him, So he dipped it. He dipped I, it. Hey, I got no problem. And that's a good glass to do it because it's a martini oh, glass. Oh, yeah, so dude. That's a perfect a dippable yeah. glass. And he was a stocky guy, and he had a nice— Some would argue the glass was designed. For that. Yeah. But he had a good tea bag. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Not that I really saw it that much, but we were, it was beginning comedy. One so. of the first jokes I wrote was about uh, a kid getting teabagged at Universal Studios Hollywood because I was— Christ. When I was playing—no, no. Jesus let me Christ. finish. When I was playing Wolverine oh, uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, and Captain America, his fucking— You had a little theater background. Yeah, you I went. Yeah, I went to SC out here. Yes, yeah, okay. I, and yeah, <laughs> I love how you connected those dots. That's how they gave you the gig. You went to acting school so that you could finally play Wolverine, fake Wolverine. Well, you could probably get it on an audition. You're that good. Whatever. But, but so there was a kid named Ca there, a kid named Captain America. There was the guy playing Captain America, and the suits were so skin tight, and he was packing heat. And this kid ran up to him to take a picture and fucking ricocheted off his his dick. Like like the kid ran right, and it was a perfect height. And he fucking like, I mean, I, I think yeah. he bounced off just, but look, his, he went head to, yeah. and that, he didn't wrap around, the kid went like that, yeah. and so I had this dumb joke about Captain America, like, and I, how that kid's never going to forget that. No. And like, the, whether the parents got a picture of it, or they left the park that day, you know, like, 20, 30 years down the line, the folks are probably busting his chops about it. Hey, remember when Daryl got, you know, uh, yeah. torpedoed by Captain America? Any yeah. memory of that vacay, that yeah. story's coming up right around the corner. Yeah. But that's a good story. I don't know. It's funny. It's, we had to walk around telling it right now in this world. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Yeah. We keep people like, what's up? Where are you at? What did you Was there a weird thing up there? You know what I'm saying? Like, All right. What profession would you not like to do? Whew. <sighs> So many. Um, I don't think I would like to work in an office at all. I hate that. Type Couldn't of do thing. the nine to five. No. Yeah. No thanks. Hard pass. No. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, let's run it back. Wow. Best answer I've heard so far, dude. Really? That's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Cause I'm having a good time down here. Jamie Kennedy, you're the fucking man. Buddy. I love being buds with Thank you. Thank you, buddy. You're just a, a real treat. And uh, at, at the Jamie Kennedy on all socials. Yeah, go to jamiekennedy.com and you'll see all my stuff. Subscribe to the pod. Subscribe yeah. to his YouTube. Go see him live. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me, man. Love you. Love you too, man. Can't wait till you watch uh, Scream 2. It came out <laughs> in 1997. <laughs> um, just wait till the 25th anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's on, uh, Done. It's on Blu-ray now. <laughs> yeah. so. Finally. Finally.